The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's another Talking Cowboys Tuesday here from the Star in Frisco in the SWBC studios. Welcome in, everybody. The first post-draft episode of your favorite Talking Cowboys crew. Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. The draft is in the rearview mirror. The Cowboys stayed put. Made all nine picks in the way that they were slotted, and we will break it down for you here over the next hour on DallasCowboys.com and the various streaming platforms. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Everybody recovered from a great draft weekend? Are you recovered from a great draft weekend? You just had a draft (laughs) show on top of Bonanza. Draft. Outside of like my neck kind of feeling weird in the back here from being like hunched over a mic all weekend, I feel great actually. Now, <laughs> well, you after got these, a couple days, you've got these strong neck muscles. I hear. I mean, you're like a baby tank. Is that your nickname now? <laughs> Soft. This is an inside joke. It is. Here. Well, I can explain it. We can talk about it on the air. There was, We're just gonna take the whole thing off the rails right at the start. Just right, right at the start. I mean, Why not? You gonna toss off. the whole okay. show? Blue bonnets. Blue bonnets. Okay. All the humans got strong necks. <laughs> so there was there was a presentation yesterday with with South Oak Cliff and and the state championship high school team yesterday got a chance to to kind of moderate a conversation between them and D Law in the team meeting room across the way yeah. and it was put on by Whataburger our friends over there and and they did a great job with it and somebody clipped a picture of just me and D Law standing next to each other and they're yeah. like is it just me or is D-Law looking a little small and I'm looking at these comments and like half the comments are nah Kyle Yeomans is just getting jacked maybe mm. it's just because Kyle Yeomans is hitting the weights hey. I can assure you that's not the case and I can also assure you D-Law's not looking hey, small the I bots, you both ways the bots that you paid for don't know when to stop <laughs> <laughs> the bots <laughs> start, start the burner accounts you know. they're both just my burners I switch oh. over the profile every once Sometimes in a while Wow. You gotta you gotta slow the algorithm down. It don't know quick. Stupid dude. Oh man, but that's, that's sidetrack. But yeah, we are gonna talk Sorry. some NHL draft. It's Sorry, okay, Rob. Baby Tank. Uh, baby Tank. <laughs> if that's the nickname, I'll take it. I love I love Tank. You Lawrence. should. Um, Isaiah, you did some some draft work this weekend. How did that go? It was good, man. Uh, working with the Locked On Podcast Network, we were down there at WFAA Studios. We That's reported cool. on the entire. One step closer, dog. One step closer. Hey, man. One step. You just just you right there. Tiptoe. You're right. You just just tiptoe. Tiptoe. Burst Isaiah, through the door. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it was a lot of coverage, though. That was a yeah. It was some long days. It's a marathon. Mm. It is a marathon. Honestly, one of the things that helped us get through the marathon was this dude right here reading 200 scouting profiles Ooh. for our uh, draft coverage. And I'm we were be, able to hit through them is all. Is there any way for me to humble brag in this thing? Do it. Go ahead. Hum- no humble. No, no just, humble. Just, just, just brag, do it. Do just, it. Just, all just do it. I did my thing, Isaiah. You're darn right. I did my thing. <laughs> you now, go. you know what? And it was so much fun just yeah. reading 
uh, Dan Bugler's book, and he does a really good job. I don't know. I'm sure all of you guys mm-hmm. partake in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you got the digital version because you're a digital brother. You don't cut down trees. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, I'm all about saving paper. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to see some some of these people with the big ring binder around their beast. Uh, but yeah, man, it was it was wonderful and, and thankful for the opportunity. Yeah, awesome. we we got to hear his name quite a few times throughout the draft process, reading through Dame Brugler's stuff and kind of. Getting through that, it was awesome. Saved us a ton of time, and then also it, it allowed us to just continue to pile on information, nice. and that was awesome. And then Rob Phillips over here doing his thing on the website, writing up all the profiles, getting everything together. But he stopped doing finger paints with the little lady to Thank write goodness. some articles. I did. I did. I took a break. I took a break from the you know baby, baby shark. <laughs> Got so, that done. Did some podcasts and did a little TV. and. Yeah. Uh, we got nine picks to talk about, man. Yeah, we do. Let's start. We're going to just go through these one by one and kind of talk about the reaction and and how it led to this and how the Cowboys ended up taking these guys. And, Rob, I'll start with you on this one. What was your initial reaction of Tyler Smith, and how has it evolved as the week has gone along? Because I feel like that's the biggest thing is when the pick was made on Thursday, the instant reaction to a certain extent was disappointment. It really was. I mean, plain and simple, there were a lot of people disappointed in the pick. But me being included, as we got along and as we heard the reasoning and as we heard the the, the thought process behind the selection, my, my thought process has evolved too, and it has gone with it. What has yours been like over the last couple of days? I think it's the same thing. I think when you talk to people, not only on the in the press conferences, but off the record, just on what they thought of the pick, you get a better, clear picture of what they wanted to do. And honestly, we're we, we doing something on the website today about what was your favorite pick? What do you have questions about? It's hard for me not to say that my favorite pick is Tyler Smith, not knowing whether it's going to work out, but just because I feel like a hypocrite if I don't say that because I, I sat there the, here in this chair the day after the 49ers game and said they've got to address O-line with their first pick. So, And they tried to do that. And according to their board, now their board always can be wrong and often can, is. It's just the way the draft goes. They saw value in that pick at 16 overall compared to the 24th pick. So they're in their mind, they're not reaching. I think the disappointment that you're speaking about, Kyle, is he he wasn't a known name coming into this draft. In fact, his, his name did not really surface. Until about a, 48 as, hours before the pick was made. As a potential Cowboys pick yeah. until then. They kind of kept it from everybody else because they worked him out personally and really liked him. Um, but again, who knows? Who knows? I, I, they're looking at it from a standpoint of, Left guard, year one, I, I, I don't think they make this pick if they don't think he can be that guy right away. And left tackle in whatever year you want to say it is, whenever Tyron Smith, the, that era ends. And if you look at it from that two-punch two approach, the pick makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That being said, who knows, because there's a lot of really good players picked right after him that could have very good NFL careers. That's the fun part of the draft. Like just, immediately after him. Yeah, immediately. immediately. <laughs> Guys on defense that, that could make a big impact for Dan Quinn. And, and so that's that's the beauty of the draft, man. You just don't know. Isaiah. I like the pick. I, number, the number one pick, I had no 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 quandaries about, about it. None, nothing at all. I felt good about the number one pick for those exact reasons. And I don't know why everybody was up in arms about it. I knew exactly what I the game Rob plan was. I outlined it well. He did, because absolutely. Because there were other names we liked along the way. There were the Zion Johnsons, the Kenyon Greens, the the Tyler Linderbaums that we had kind of tabbed that yeah, we would we, be there. We talked about those guys, but when they, when, they, when they show his highlights, I get it. 
right? He's the size we need. He's the aggressiveness that he has uh, uh, directly affects the the portion of what we sat here and talked about last week. The run game has to get going. Sure, absolutely. This this team is crap on offense unless the run game is rolling. So that's what he does, right? He run blocks really well. So that's one of the things that they're going to do. He's a plug and play guy at the offensive guard position, and I knew immediately that the game plan was he's the replacer for Tyron, right? right? He he's, he's the exact he's he's the guy. As soon as he retires, all right, buddy, you're now playing left tackle. And at that point in time, we would have a, already addressed the the backup guard position or whatever that may be, or maybe they address it in that year's draft whenever they find out about Tyron, whatever year that is. But this was the Great game plan for round one. I am all about their decision in round one. We'll talk about the rest later. <laughs> well, you know, I, not to be redundant because you guys outlined it perfectly, and I agree uh, with both of you. And I think, Kyle, come on, man. You guys, would you just, just bake this fan base for like two months into a frenzy right before the draft, and their expectations were so high yeah. with that pick. I don't think that it could be met unless it just, with the first pick in the draft, there's something happened. The Dallas Cowboys have moved up from 24. Like, something crazy like that's that uh, could have happened. And that's the only thing that would have uh, satisfied the fan base. But I think all in all, when you look at the NFC East, it was other teams that I, I kept looking at and going, oh, my God. They uh-huh. did what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh-huh. so, you know, I mean, I, I, I showed a lot of people a lot of love and then they go to our rivalry and rival teams. And like I told you guys in the text, I was like, this, these guys are dead to me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love them then. I, I won't even speak his name. We're going to talk about him a little bit later <laughs> But on, it, it really sure. was. It was just one of those drafts where you were looking at around the league and asking yourself, like, you know, come on, Tennessee, what did we do to you? You know, <laughs> why did you – why would you make that trade? You know, we would we would have made that trade with you. Did you – you know, but there, those were the things that happened. And you've seen other teams start to get better uh, that you questioned the pick. We knew all along that this team was thinking, look, we need a left guard. Oh, yeah. They, they, they couldn't have been thinking anything else. And I think as far as much as the fan base thinks that there's a disconnect with the front office, there really isn't. They addressed all of the needs that you have. And yeah. so they checked every box, and it may not have been the guy. P, I had no idea who this guy was. I even tweeted. I said, look, if you had him picked, you have a crystal ball. The only place I saw him was in Kyle's draft book. As a guard, and he was a tackle, and so that's how I even figured out, you know, who he was. But guys, the the mentality—I had him as a guard in my in my book. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had him as a guard. He's yeah. a tackle again. I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking at reason, tackles. I'm like, he's not even in here as a tackle. Yeah. The reason why I had him as a guard was because when we heard his name for the first time at the combine, they had him as a guard. So, across the building. There so you that's go. Why I had they were laying a, a nugget for you right there, <laughs> I Kyle. I know. It's right in plain sight. I thought it was a 56 nugget and not a 24 nugget at the time. That was right. my biggest thing. But I'm right there with you. No, and so I think that's the surprising thing. But, guys, as, as you look at the fan base, and, and, and you've talked about this too, Rob, everybody wanted to move Leo Collins to, to, to left guard. Yeah. Nobody was, was you know, they when no one said anything about that because you'd seen him do it. Mm-hmm. And even when you talk about Tyron Smith and where he is in his career as an injured uh, Hall of Famer, future, future Hall of Famer, but often injured at this point in his career, maybe that would have been the move, to move him down to guard because it limits his space. Nobody can understand that perceptionally, but if you're a football player, you understand. Look, you just take that guy off the island and give him less room to work with and help on both sides. But that's the same thing that people are thinking that's what this 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 uh the the draft uh the guys they thought the scouts excuse me they thought about smith is that he could go from left tackle to left guard and limit that with big peters Come Big on. Peters went in the inside, and yeah. then he went to a new team, and they tried to put him at left tackle. He was like, wait a minute, uh, you got to up the check. Yeah, the pay. Brandon <laughs> Peters, yeah. Uh, yeah. At the, it was the Eagles. Yeah. He went to the Eagles. They had him at left guard, and they were like, yeah, you know what? 
elbow swing at the tackle, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> different this isn't break, tackle break. money. And that's, yeah. and that's the same thing that you hear with, with Debo and what he's doing out, and out in Frisco. There's a lot of that going on. And really, I just want to make sure that I don't, do not forget this, but – the draft really was weird this year, yes. uh, especially for the running back position. I think people are talking about quarterback. Running back position, to me, mm. it's really mysterious how they're trying to devalue the position. Yeah. Brees Hall was one of the best running backs in the draft. Yeah. I don't care. He was the best, one of the best guys in college, one of the best guys in high school. And for him to drop into the second round, that was, that was really trippy. But that just tells you where, where the NFL is going. Yeah, running backs become a day three position, man. It's it's day two at least, and and sometimes day three because a lot of backs got taken on day three. One other thing about Tyler Smith, and Nick wrote about this yesterday on the website. He talked to Tulsa's head coach Philip Montgomery, and I heard this too, that it, it it almost changes your perspective if you were on the fence or you don't like this pick. If he were to have transferred from Tulsa next year yeah. to a top program, which was a, I don't know if it's a possibility, but Teams were interested in him. If he had played for a big-time program next year, coming from Tulsa, been their starting left tackle, where is he going in the draft next year? And I think think when I heard that, it kind of changed my perspective of this is a very talented young guy who turned 21, 21 three weeks ago. Which is awesome. And he's got a transition to make. He hasn't played guard since senior year of high school. So there's a transition here. The penalties were a problem at times. That's another thing you hear about where some of that was he's knocking the crap out of guys, and that's 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 better than technique issues or things like that or, or pre-snap stuff. Yeah. But but Think, their but things their they offense, can teach. But their offense was a high tempo offense, right? And they so of, I think I think last time I checked, I think he ran two hundred and fifty more plays than the next man up. Yes. Yeah. So for they give you more opportunities yeah. to have more penalties. Absolutely. Yeah. But and nobody's looking at And you're at on that. the island. Yeah. Right? You're on the island at the tackle position. Now you're gonna be sandwiched in between two other three hundred plus pound men. You're not gonna have to worry about those things. Yeah. A lot of snaps uh in that in that regard. You're right. And just see, meeting seeing him on Friday it, I think Jerry made the comparison to Tyron. I, he's Flozell big. He, he is a Massive. huge offensive lineman. And when you think about, okay, lack of experience at guard, the physical mm-hmm. size and strength and power and nastiness, that's exactly what they want at left guard. That's what we've been talking about they've missed, especially in certain matchups. So I'm not saying this pick is going to work, but I understand the thinking. And I understand the upside, especially when you're picking in the back half of the first round. I mean, it's, there's no guarantees in the 20s. You know, sometimes there's no guarantees in the teen, in the tens or the teens. Well, and it's also the fact that fans, and at the time, it, it felt like they had reached on him. And there I get, was no I get reach. that. I, I get that. Zero reach. But he just, he's not, he's not Kenyon Green. He's no. not the names we've been talking about. And Tyler yeah. Lindebaum gets picked right after, and, and that's another <laughs> pick that, hey, we're gonna be watching in three years what happens with these picks. That's, yeah. I get it. I will say the the thing with. The reaching the narrative, not true, because Tennessee was on the phone. Tennessee was calling to trade up to 24. They wanted to go offensive line. Dallas said, no, thank you, hung up the phone. And then immediately Tennessee said, oh, they just took Tyler Smith. Let me trade back. And they traded out of their spot at 26. So the Cowboys knew that they had their eye on Tyler Smith, at least Tennessee did. So other NFL teams were right there in terms of the value of where he was taken, what they were doing, and, and the way that he fell on the back half of that first round. And so the Cowboys feel really, really good about that. So with that being said, let's move on to the second round and third round. We're going to bunch these two players together because okay. I feel like both Sam Williams, a.k.a. D. Williams, is what he wants to go by, 
as an edge rusher in the NFL, taken at 56, followed by Jalen Tolbert at 88. And Heckma, I mean, there was talk that Tolbert would have been the pick at 56. How do you feel about the way that those two picks worked out for the Cowboys in day two? Man, I think your scouts are ecstatic that it works out that way, especially if you have a grade on these guys and you still end up getting both of the guys that you targeted. Um, You know, no one is able to get exactly what you want. But I think when it comes to Sam Williams, he was a guy that Jerry sent Dan Quinn to go and look at. So that, to me, that's another breadcrumb that you kind of you didn't have to do much research. Nope. Dan Quinn's out here giving you a personal workout. Yeah, we have interest in you. So look, just like you talk about the rest of this draft, I think the really curious thing was so many guys getting drafted so high and not having the production to go with it. Um, I call them Valentine's Day guys, but there's a lot of that where the production didn't meet where they were mm-hmm. drafted. Think about when you got drafted, man. Where these the way that these guys Bernie Madoff here, you know, yeah. you you would be happy to be in a situation like this. But Sam Williams, to me, the production was there from college. I think he's a guy that can come into your defensive rotation. And I'm not going to call him a one trick pony, but if he is that one trick pony, he does that well. Yeah. And he's if I point. say I just hey, just pin your ears back and go after people. Yeah, he <laughs> he, he can do that. And the 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 wide receiver from Alabama. What we need, South Alabama, South Alabama, sure. my bad. There's a South, big difference. Big difference. South <laughs> Alabama. Look, all this tough guy talk. All the, you know, what we need a guy that go get the rock. That's what we need, and that's what he does. He does. He goes and he gets the rock, and he look for. He's a, a, a superior enough route runner that I think this offense won't be hard for him to pick up. He goes and he grabs the ball. And I think if you're a quarterback, that's your best friend. If I can trust you and you have tape and they talk about Dak calling him, that's, to me, that's all about saying we want to make sure that we get you the right guy. And that's what I loved about Sam uh, Tolbert. He just seemed like the right guy for uh, for Dallas at that pick. It's funny because you, you mentioned the route running and his ability to go up and get the football. I mean, they're both great. But the biggest thing for him in terms of being a Dak receiver or a guy that could fit Dak he creates his own separation. And that's something that a lot of times didn't necessarily work out with Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper was a great route runner. There wasn't always that big window of separation. You're hoping Jalen Tolbert could do that, much like how Amari, or excuse me, much how like uh, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup have done. Yes, he can go up and get the football and he can make contested catches, but he brings separation to his game. And Isaiah, I know you've, you've talked about that at an extensive. Dak's not going to throw it in a tight window, he's going to take care of the football. Can Jalen Tolbert help in that regard? I think he can. I think he's a he's a shifty guy that you need. If you're going to go receiver, obviously at that point in time, he's the style of receiver that you need. You see some of these other teams like Green Bay going with the big 6-4 cats, and I don't think that's what Dallas needed. I think this – The Traylon Burks of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think they, they need that style of receiver. I, I mentioned last week how Dallas needed a shifty, you know, Wes Welker-ish type guy. I don't think he's that, but I do think that he fits the mold in terms of being able to move the chains, and that's ultimately based upon this draft, that's the direction they're going. They didn't really go with on offensively go with anybody really explosive in that regard. They just look for guys that are going to be sure things, sure blockers, sure catchers, move the chains. That's an interesting point. I haven't necessarily thought of it that way. I want to get your thoughts first. No, for sure. I mean, that's being Dak's best friend in terms of you know Dak friendly, whatever you want to call it. That's to me, that's as important in, as any other skill you can have, uh, and that's what made Amari so reliable. Yeah. So and they've got to replace that. They got to replace the best route runner on the team and one of the best route runners in the league. He is explosive. He runs Jalen Tolbert runs four four. 
I think averaged 18 yards a catch the last three years in college. Yep. So, and you're he's, you're right, he's super competitive. Could have played at a bigger school too. He decided to kind of stay closer to home. And you got some late offers to Power Five conf- uh, conference teams late in the recruitment process. So, yeah. And and you guys mentioned Sam Williams. They're, they, you know, and there's there's an off the field matter there yeah, that sure. they had to look into. Uh, he had a sexual battery charge in 2020 in July of that year, and the charge was dropped two months later. Went back to school, played. Um, that you know, and the Cowboys looked into that, and they do look into that those types of things. Let's. I, I know people get skeptical about that thing, but they do. They do extensive so, work on yes, that type of stuff. They do uh, in terms of on the field. He's got bend, and he runs four four as a as an edge as an rusher. Edge rusher. He could plug right into the rotation, and you know Dan Quinn's gonna has a plan in mind for how he can help because we saw it last year. That's terrifying to think about Dan Quinn and what he can do with Micah Parsons on one side, Demarcus Lawrence on another side, and then Sam Williams kind of mixed in there in between somewhere. Right, that's, that's, I guess it could be it would be Williams and then Lawrence and then Parsons mixed in between. That's probably the more likely of the three. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I want to go back to something you said about this separation in Dak and this perception that Dak can't throw receivers open. And this, what I want to say is that Amari Cooper is also was also a burner. He's a he was yeah, a track yeah. guy. Yep. You know. Yeah. That's that was who he was, and and I, and I think a lot of people miss that when they talk about him. Dak has to the timing in this offense has to be cultivated in this offseason. You don't have the same mistake. You still don't have the, the the injury element there. He can be better with his connection with his receivers, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm seeing now through OTAs, and and that's going to make the difference because he's going to have to drive the bus. Yeah, there isn't there isn't. Make no mistake about it. It's not a team in the NFL that doesn't need their quarterback to be the leader of their franchise. We have one. And so all these questions about his ability and what he can and can't do, he had the number one offense in the league last year. What, what you want to see them do is close the deal. That's yes. it. That's all you want to see them do. And, and that's going to come down to availability, health. You know, they were at the point where they were healthy. Uh, the running game let you down. Uh, the, your, the wide receivers that you had, they didn't. They let you down as well. Drops. And so we're looking at a team right now that feels as though we got enough. They obviously feel that way. They haven't made any moves to, to argue the contrary. Like, yeah. we, we obviously got enough. And so if they feel like the players that we have, we lose Amari, we bring in Tolbert. Okay, let's roll. Yep. Then that means that CD got to step all the way up to the plate. This is a great segue because this draft gives us a clear picture, or at least I think it's a clearer picture, of where this organization is going from a personnel standpoint. We're going to talk about that direction when we come back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Talking Cowboys on DallasCowboys.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United, United Ag, Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. <laughs> Back here on Talking Cowboys. Glad you're with us as we continue on breaking down the most recent NFL draft and what the Cowboys' direction is moving forward. But first... Gentlemen, this is the best thing I've ever heard of on a read. Whoa. Other than Essilor. We love our friends over at Essilor. Mm, sure do. The Miller Lite family proudly presents the first ever Cowboys Taco Fest at Miller Lighthouse at AT&T Stadium Ooh. coming up this Saturday, May 7th. You could celebrate Cinco de Mayo with world-class tacos, drinks, live music, and more. Take advantage of early bird pricing with tickets as low as $15. Visit SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. There's a Cowboys Taco Fest. Taco Saturday! Oh, that's phenomenal. It's the weekend of my birthday, too, and they decided to do a taco fest. Your birthday's this weekend? Yeah, Friday. Turn up, then. Yeah. 21, finally. I'll be on my way. I know. Thank goodness. Finally able to drink Miller Lite. <laughs> P with the slight jab. From the top rope. He's going to have his first beer on Friday. Thank goodness. Speaking of Miller. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a Miller Lite. But I'll be on my way to, to New Orleans at that point. Oh. Got a bachelor party on now the you way. You are a world traveler. You're doing jazz fest. No, we Is aren't your bachelor party. We thought about no. It's my oh, best friend's bachelor gotcha. party. Yeah, Might as well getting, be yours. I was gonna say you're going to jazz fest. Wear all white linen. Oh yeah. We're going to talk about this. I was about to say, is that a, is, right. are you trying to get me in trouble? Or is no, that, it's is like, that that's, that's what we, no. I didn't know if you're in trouble. That's my, that's my dude, man. I, <laughs> wait, I can't wait. <laughs> I love you, Kyle. That's really, oh, that's really the thing, right? Oh, <laughs> that's my guy, dude. Glad you're with us here on Talking like Cowboys. Go get your tickets for Taco Fest. That sounds like a lot of fun. I wish I could go. but Happy early birthday. Thank you. Yes. Happy yeah, birthday, man. Um, let's talk about the direction of this team. Because okay. Isaiah made a fantastic point in the opening segment. And, and a lot of the... A lot of the talk, a lot of the the murmurs around this draft class is that they went for toughness, size, traits, whatever you want to call it. They went for toughness and traits. That's what they went for. In the early parts of the the draft, they go get Tyler Smith, they get D. Williams, they get Jalen Tolbert, and there's the toughness. Then you go with the traits on the back end with guys like Matt Willetsko, 
LeBron, or yeah, LeBron Bland, yeah. John Ridgeway, Damone Clark, traits. Boom, there you go. You were talking about the way that they want to move the football down the field on yeah. offense. Is that where the toughness comes in, is moving the chains, more ground and pound, not letting anyone bully you and instead becoming the bully? Because we talked about that tenacity being non-existent in the playoff run or at least the short playoff run that it was. Is this their way to try and rectify that? I don't know about them rectifying the bully side of it. I think they want to be more consistent. And I think that's the direction that they're going with this draft I and mean, with their offseason that they've had. You pick up James Washington, what is he? He's a consistent receiver. He's a guy that's going to catch the ball and get the first down. You're not expecting him to go run past the world. Um, you know, you look at that, you know, Tolbert. Tolbert's the same type of guy. He's aggressive. He's going to get in there. He's not afraid to run block. Well, guess what? You need you need to get the ground game going. Yeah. Why do you pick up Tyler Smith? Well, you need to get the ground game going, and you need to assure things up at the left guard position. Um, Sam Williams, I, I think you could have picked up anybody on defense, honestly. But Mostly the, talking offense. offense oh, yeah, because okay, so defense, yeah. I agree yeah. with you. That that was all trades yeah, all the way yeah, through. Yeah. But, yeah, if you talk about Ferguson, I mean, Ferguson, I think, is a – He's not an explosive tight end. He's a big guy that wants to block. He can block. He wants to block. What do we talk about all all season so far? They need to find some help for for Schultz. You know, Schultzenegger's not a blocker. He's he's a consistent catcher. He's not going to run by you either. He's just going to catch the ball and get a first down. Cool. It's like a pinnacle of consistency. That's what this draft seemingly is. It's not. I think fans are disappointed probably because there's no big highlight. There's just you know just black markers there. There's no there's no there's nothing bright and fancy and sparkly. It's just consistent, and no. I think I think that's what they're looking for. All right, man. That's <clears throat> I love what you're saying because you're saying we need a dude. Yep. You know, yep. give me a dude uh, that I know I can trust to be the player that we've seen him be on tape. Everybody that you're showing me, you're projecting it. You, you, you're basing it off of the potential of the player. And nobody wants to hear that. Yep. We want to know that you could come in and you can get the job done. And that's why the draft is so interesting. Yep. No one knows. This guy, Smith, can come in and be everything that you need at left guard. Sure. Sam Williams is not going to be the guy that you, you put everything on him to be mm-hmm. successful at edge. You have those guys already. You have a Dante Fowler. You, people don't want to hear that. But Dan, if you trust Dan Quinn, then you trust the decisions that he even made during this draft. I think the defense is going to be 10 times better under two under two years yeah. of Dan Quinn. And I trust that. Offensively, we just need to get this running game going. Yes. There's, look, there's no other way to particularly put this together than to say, look, this offense has to run better, especially in the latter half. We've been cursed by the, the curse of December. Now it's just the last eight games of the season that we have to get and find that rhythm. We were the healthiest team in the NFC and still found a way to get bounced out of the first round. So with the players that you have, the roster that you're putting together, you, the front office is saying to me, I trust what I have. And, yeah. and I'm willing to go to war based off of the schedule that we have. And guys, we play some teams yep. this year. Yeah. And so it's gonna the team that you're going to war with is based off of Jalen Tolbert and company. All right. And you need C D Lamb to be the, the the ultimate best part of himself. Yeah, for sure. I think if you're a fan and you're you're skeptical of this draft and if you're just cynical about just everything they do. Um why is it every time you say that word I immediately think of David Hellman? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> he would probably take that as a compliment. <laughs> uh you you could point to what we just talked about, like Isaiah's talking about the, the Sharpie, and you're just checking off boxes. Yeah. 
and I'm not patting myself on the back because nobody asked me over there. <laughs> but when I do my – and I said this last week, I'm pretty basic with my mock drafts. Like, I just – I'm basic in general. But when I go down <laughs> – I go down the list and I say in order, like, here's – you know, here's the here's the needs basically in order, and okay, here's a guy that could fit here and here and here. Yeah. <laughs> My mock, I didn't get any of the names right, but I had the positions right. I think in the first four rounds. And maybe five in my initial one. Yeah. And my point is that never happens. That never happens because usually they'll surprise you with a pick of a BPA guy. Yeah. And I think fans might look at this draft and say, did they really do that? Or did they just did they reach? Did they go for needs at every round? And they say no. They said that every um, everybody on day three was a value pick, like was a fourth round or better. Yeah. Except for Ridgeway, who was a fifth round grade. And, and even then, a lot team. of people had him as a third or a fourth. Yeah. yeah. So they say they feel like they got value and need at the same time. And I think that's that's an accomplishment in itself. We'll see how it plays out if, if guys can step in and play and help. Um, but to your point about uh, and, and Heck's point about getting stronger, getting tougher mindset, I definitely think that was a factor. You guys mentioned the offense, and Tyler Smith can hopefully helps the run game immediately yeah. with that. On defense, Jerry spoke specifically about the Ridgeway pick, the deep tackle out of Arkansas, how they, he said, we got big boyed in the playoffs, basically. And Mike, Mike was <laughs> there sitting there during the, the day three talking about, remember the playoffs, remember the playoffs. They got out physical in that game, and there's other games you can point to. Denver, Kansas City, where they did too, offense and defense. I do think there's something to that. Like they're, They just went and drafted another 320-pound-plus guy to help kind of be Brent Urban, to help stuff yeah. the run. They're trying to get stronger and tougher inside on both lines, and we'll see if it works out. And that's what I felt about the Ridgeway pick. I felt like that was the answer to Brent Urban because when he went out, yeah. I believe it was a tricep injury that, that took him out. There's, there's something happened to us at the line of scrimmage, and it – it wasn't enough. The presence. It, his presence, I think it really did deter a lot of guys from running on us, and that's when you start to see those teams. It, those, Denver was pretty much one of the first teams that I saw have the, that kind of success. Like, we can't stop them right yeah. now yep. uh, on the run. And, 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 and in, in the playoffs, it just felt as though we can't stop them. You need that. And you get a young, big body like Ridgeway that had a third-round grade on him, there's no way you can't be excited about that. I really like Ridgeway, so I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way. Because I do, I think he. I think in terms of the value picks that they had in the draft, they they grabbed a good guy there on the backside of it. And he's an Arkansas boy. And he's an Arkansas boy. That's fine. It's only the second guy they've ever taken out of Arkansas. There's no bias there. It's the first time since 2008. Felix Jones is the last time. So you say it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Okay. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. So he brings the tough toughness. He brings the physicality. Does it worry you in the fact that I agree completely with the way you just outlined that, Heckman, because of the Denver game? I'm thinking about the, the, the playoff game. They waited till the fifth round to address that. Not only the fifth round, but their fourth pick in the fifth round to try and address a big-time problem there. Is that still a hole after this draft? Is their run defense and their toughness on the interior of that defensive line? That's, that's exactly what I, I meant by Dan Quinn another year of his system. I, I think you get a lot of that taken care of because the argument before is that they the Cowboys only need a middle-of-the-road defense to be successful. Well, you were middle-of-the-road last year. And yeah. now with, with with some more picks, and you look, we still hadn't gotten to camp, and they're going to be teams that's going to let 
guys go. And as the front office has said, you know, we, we're not done in free agency either. So I expect for us to still be able to get guys that may be a bridge player, but be a guy that can come in and impact your team. We thought that, uh, you know, the freak uh, nephew was going to be uh, a bridge player. Curse, Jerron Curse. Is, yeah. yeah. You know, we thought he was going to be a bridge player. Oops. He wasn't. He ended up being exactly what you needed on defense. We haven't addressed the free safety position, really, if you think about it. We have a guy that's coming off an Achilles injury that had an okay season, but what is it going to be for him to be have another year in Dan Quinn's, Dan Quinn's system? So if we've put all this trust in him, I have to trust him as well and say that the defense can be better. Isaiah, what do you think about that? That side of the defense, that tenacity, and what they they did to kind of cover some of those holes. Uh, I would have liked to see them be a little bit more aggressive at the linebacker position. Honestly, I think linebacker and interior D lineman to me was a more of a necessity than a defensive end. Personally, I don't think I mentioned this last week. There aren't that many dominant defensive ends in this league. There just aren't. And most of them, most of the ones that are very dominant, they play on the same teams. There's a handful of teams, right? The, right. A, the AFC, the AFC West took all of them. Yeah. Uh, it's so Raiders. Yeah, you know, Raiders, Chargers. I mean, they they have four of the guys, right? So I mean <laughs> I mean, there's just not that many of them. Right. So I understand the, the the them wanting to to say, okay, that's a position that we need to get some more depth at. But personally, I think there were more effective players in this particular draft that didn't have a lot of guys that were very explosive and, and, you know, kind of jump off the screen type guys that we had opportunities to go grab that I think would have had a greater impact on this team right now. Yeah. Anybody specific that you wanted? Oh, I mean, you know, you want to, you want to save show. this? Still? Okay. <laughs> um, no, let's go for it. Okay. So, Isaiah, you, you mentioned it last week. Yes. You talked about how you had a wish list. Mm. Short list of guys that you really wanted to go to. Mm. And we'll talk about the rest of the NFC in a little bit, especially the NFC East. One of those teams selected that guy off your wish list, and that was Mr. Nicobe Dean, mm. who's going to Philadelphia. He was selected by the Eagles, what was it, in the fourth round? 83. It was 83? 83rd so third pick. round. Okay. How does that make you feel? Angry. <laughs> well, this very, is a therapy session for all of those. Okay. It made me feel very angry, Kyle. Um, okay. Reason being, I think everybody expected him to be gone in the first round. I don't think there's anybody that thought otherwise. Now, throughout the draft, we found out more information about there being injuries, him not wanting to get surgeries, blase, blase, and he continued to fall. Mm-hmm. Being that you never thought that you even had a shot at him, right? You need to address O-line. You had one first-round pick. Okay, you take Got care it. of your O-line. You got to yep. get him. Okay. That dude's still sitting around. Hmm, kind of crazy. Uh, we're going to go take care of our defensive end position because that's what we really want to do here in Dallas. We lost Randy Gregory. We feel like we're, oh, we have a big gaping hole now. So let's get the defensive end. Okay, cool. All right, um, he's still around. You have three first round, three fifth round, four fifth round picks that you could have could have could have shot 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 the dice at and, and moved up to go grab him. But no, another team grabs him five picks before you. Yep. In the third round, he, to me, was one of the few players in this draft that was just physical specimen, explosive, just I don't want to face that guy type of type of dude on defense. And you had an opportunity 
which we have a hole because we have we have a Jabril Cox that we drafted last year that's coming off of ACL. Yep. So we don't know how explosive he's going to be. We know he's going to get back healthy, but do we know if he's going to be as explosive as what we was he was when we drafted him? No. That's that's a big question mark. Mm-hmm. You have an opportunity to go grab a player that you know nobody wants to face. That was a complete terror. If you have a question mark on Jabril Cox, wouldn't you have a bigger question mark on a guy who has a shoulder? A shoulder? Injury? No, because I've had three shoulder surgeries. You see, but he hadn't even had shoulder surgery. Understood. He refuses to get shoulder surgery. I think he might have been misguided by his agent. And that's all speculation. Maybe they yeah. have more information than, than I'm he, sure they have more information than I, was I about have. about to say. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, but I look at it from this, from this, from this <clears throat> potential. You have Vander Esch that you re-signed and you put in the middle. Or, you know, yeah, he, Vander Esch is in the middle. Okay, he's, he's a big block, 6'4", 250 plus. Okay, he's not going anywhere. You need him to come downhill, neck roll and all. You have a guy outside of him that you drafted last year, a.k.a. the bazooka, that's a complete terror that can walk down at the line of scrimmage, but his position is outside linebacker, yeah. correct? You could have put a N'Kobe Dean on the opposite side of Vander Esch. So you could have had a N'Kobe Dean, Vander Esch, and Micah Parsons at the second level. Who who is working up to the second level and getting those guys? Micah Parsons and Nicole Dean running sideline to sideline is a complete, absolute worst case scenario mm-hmm. at the second level for any team that, that that plays against the Dallas Cowboys. I I don't disagree with you that they the linebacker depth doesn't look nearly as deep as it did no. last year. I will say a lot of times they're last year they're playing two linebackers. And they're playing three safeties and yep. Jaron Curse. I don't. They don't call him a linebacker, but he's he might, a linebacker. He might as well. Yeah. And if you look at the snaps, you know, like Van Der Esch is getting fifty something percent of the snaps, and um, I'm blanking on on Keanu Neal is getting about half the snaps. So the way they play their defense, maybe they don't view it as as much of a need if you got Jaron Curse and ever comes off the field. To your point. He's a terrific. Nicobe Dean's a terrific talent, and Kyle mentioned some of the injuries: labrum, knee tendonitis, apparently, according to reports. The pec, all those things is why he dropped. Yeah, I got and, knee and, tendonitis and, and, right now. Yeah, <laughs> so I can imagine. But but taking but taking into account, I know you're going towards the scheme, and I and I understand what you're saying. Yeah. How often did we, did we do exactly what you wanted us to do last year, which was put Michael Parsons at the defensive end position? Well, yeah, you move him around. You and, move him and, around, yeah. and all of a sudden you don't have Michael Parsons at a second level. But had you had a Nicobe Dean, you could put Michael Parsons at the defensive end position and yeah. bring Nicobe Dean in at this linebacker, and now you have Van Der Esch and Nicobe Dean okay. at the second level. This is literally preaching to the choir because I'm t- I was willing to yeah. take Nicobe Dean at the, with the heck first was, pick. Yeah, heck so, was on your side. No, so my, my problem with once he started to fall, and I didn't even hear about the injury issues yeah. until after the first round. I don't the think the media round knew. Draft. Seriously, yeah, nobody and it, knew. And, that, didn't and know. that shocked me that he fell past the, you know, the first round. The first round, and then when the second round happened, I'm like, whoa, something's up. Something's up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, something just happened, and then the, you start to hear the yeah. murmurs. I believe that the Cowboys obviously had to have done their research just like all the other teams did their research because not only do you have a physical presence that you're talking about, the kid is smart. And you need, especially in a Dan Quinn's defense, you need a smart player like a N'Kobe Dean. Let's not even talk about N'Kobe Dean. Let's talk about the Bobby Wagners that we don't sign. Mm -hmm. The the other guys that we had an opportunity to, to sign because we basically deemed that position as a need. Obviously, they know something about the way that they're going to use that position that we don't know because they're not signing linebackers. They didn't go through. And the linebacker that they got is a guy that's going to actually be a project for next year, next year because yeah, of he's hurt. the back future. Well, I, that's a great – I was just going to say the dart that they threw was Damone Clark 
in the fifth yeah. round who might have been, Kyle, I don't know, third round pick if he was healthy. I had him as a top 60 player. So top 60 player. I had a second round grade on the guy. And, late, late second round grade. And I'm not going to say that's not a, a, a calculated risk either because, you know, spinal fusion, that's no joke to it's come back from and play that position. Leighton yeah. Van Esch is back from, from having that kind of surgery. So they have experience with it. You know, you just prove you just proving this point because he's like, let me sacrifice one of these fifths to get the guy that you can cover in and play right now. But that, but that's, <laughs> but that's a would, that's a fifth round that's pick. That's a fifth as round pick to... by itself. Then <clears throat> giving up a fifth round pick and a top one hundred pick to go and do it. That's the other thing. You're pl- you're paying a premium price, and you mention his speed and like the ability to go sideline to sideline. Yes. That's great. He's five eleven. Sure, he can run around 5'11", 230 pounds. He is a small linebacker. You drafted a guy. In Sam Williams, who's six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds, and ran a four four six. Nakobe D didn't run a forty, but you know what his league guesstimate was on his on his forty. Yeah. It is, and it's right here. You can look at it. It's on the ATP sheets right here. Four four six is his guess. That's what they want. Can That's what they thought hand? he would run. <laughs> yes. Can I raise my hand? Okay. So forty is a great statistic. It's a great thing for the combine, and okay. sometimes it equates to field actual game speed, and sometimes sure. it doesn't. Uh, nobody's talking about how 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 nasty of a of a player, how dominant of a player Sam Williams is. No disrespect. Sam Williams broke the single season record of no Miss. Nobody talks sacks. about him in the same conversation as Nicole Dean. No disrespect. No disrespect. I'm talking about the potential to have a Micah Parsons and a Kobe Dean at the second level on the same team. That is nasty. You don't want to face it. But if the guy comes in with a peck and everybody's you looked at get it. Dr. Like, Cooper, who just, is the master of hey, sewing stuff up, listen, and you have him sew it up. And you don't think Dr. That, Cooper was a part of this process. I there's understand. And I get it. I get it, Kyle. And I'm sure there, there, there's Cooper a reason why they didn't say, nah, hey, Kyle, man. Hey, I understand there's a reason why they, they didn't make the decision. I get it. I'm just talking about the potential. Okay. No, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm talking about the potential. No. Just like Philadelphia thought about the potential. I just think they looked at They couldn't pass on it. I just think they couldn't pass on it. It's too good to be true. They didn't pass on it. <laughs> Dallas is taking the safe route this draft. That's what they did. I understand it, America. They America's told, team they told you they, they were, were going to do that. They, t- they did. They didn't take anything that was sparkly, even if it falls in your lap. Tabone Clark and last year, was as last year things fell in your lap. Last year things fell in your lap. The year before that things fell in your lap, and you took it. And some of that, and has, it worked out for you. Some of that has to do with where you're picking too. But yeah, it I worked mean, out for you. Everything yeah. to do. with Ceedee Lamb you know. fell in your lap. Yeah. Give me that. Michael Parsons fell in your lap. Give me that. Nicole Dean fell in your lap. Get away from I don't, me. I don't fault them from a pure <laughs> football perspective taking an edge rusher, Stop though, in the, in the top two rounds. Because I said this last week, like, if you want to get a guy and you don't – I don't know how you – I forget kind of how you feel about life after Randy Gregory, what that position looks like. But if you want to try to upgrade there – you can't wait till day three. I understand, uh, but, I mean, but you guys know how I feel about the position. The, Randy Gregory's not in the conversation of the greats in this league. No, but he he was. He's not. I'm just. I'm, he's I'm not, not. But he's but an he, impact player. He's though. a person that I'm he worried about. Games. He's a he's a guy that I'm worried about maybe twice a game. <clears throat> now, that's not that's not disrespecting. That's just what it is. There's maybe two plays a game that he just totally wrecks it for you. You're just like crap. Fifty eight more. 
then then that tells you how the organization viewed Randy Gregory's absence yeah. with them going into the second round and getting an edge rusher. They were solid on Sam Williams. And, and who knows, if they had signed Randy, would they have signed? No. Nope. Okay? Would that option be more of a fle- more flexibility to get a guy like N'Kobe Dean? I think all of those things kind of played into the equation, and that's why they didn't take I, I just, I just, I just understand Dan Quinn's system. Obviously, you guys know I've understood it for a yeah. long time. Yeah. And I understand – what he, the addition? He'll they'll be fine. Their defense will be fine, but the threat of those guys and that speed and that tenacity, what that could have been in a Dan Quinn system, would have been an absolute terror. Because other teams in our division that we're about to talk about, just they just leveled up and they said we're going to be a terror. Let's talk about it on the other side of the break. What did the NFC East teams do that upgraded their ball club, and how did the Cowboys match up? When we come back with more talking Cowboys. <laughs> New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more Essilor on Talking Cowboys. Ooh, that was nice, Beamer. The combined one-two punch of Heckma Harrison and Isaiah Stanback <laughs> on the Essilor read. I'm, I'm used to him. I didn't get none of that this time. I'm he got, steamed, he got the thing. He's, yeah, in I'm way. He's in a way right now. It's okay. He, he came I in like today. It. I like it. I don't have to be the one. He's jacked up on creatine. <laughs> you today. Rolling. I'm telling you, man. He's swollen. What is whoa? I told you he's got on the uh, one of those Halloween many... outfits you know, <laughs> with, the, with the muscles in the shirt, and the pads in the shirt. So. How many protein oh, bars you have for breakfast Man. this morning with your nails? None yet. With your nails? Just straight nails. Jacked. 
He's worked out four times already today. Yeah, right. At least. I need to work out. Yeah. Ugh. No, no come we need on, to work out. Come the get rest on, of us need to work yeah. out. Come get on my, my weight plan so you can get compared you. to DeMarcus Lawrence. He, does. he comes here and says, I hadn't worked out in a long time. <laughs> no, it's just like, <laughs> like get out of here, Muscles dude. popping through the shirt. Hey, one quick uh, news item Ooh. before we go. Okay. Um, Breaking news. Cowboys agreed to terms with, and everybody's probably seen it by now, 20 20 rookie free agents. Yeah, undrafted free agents. Yeah, undrafted guys and uh, uh, will not be official, won't sign until next week after they, uh, guys undergo physicals and all that stuff. Uh, and the mini camp is next weekend. So, 13th through the 15th, right? 13th through the 15th. Yeah, I think that's right. Yep. And uh, so, right. once to sign this group of guys, they're going to have to make, I think, two roster moves mm. probably next week. Okay. Ouch. By next week. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So we'll keep an eye on that. I think next week we're going to outline some of the undrafted free agents, talk about rookie minicamp. We're going to get more in detail next week about the back half of these picks, but we wanted to kind of outline the first two rounds or first three rounds and, and what direction this Cowboys team is heading in. But what about the direction of the division as well? Mm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, let's start with the New York Giants. Kayvon Thibodeau with the fifth pick. Just a massive player, my top player in the draft. They get him a number five edge rusher out of Oregon. At number seven, they turn around and they draft their favorite offensive tackle, my OT3, Evan Neal, out of Alabama. So they upgrade both of their edges, offensive line edge and their defensive line edge. And then they add a couple guys on the back end. Darian Beavers, linebacker from Cincinnati, Wandale Robinson, out of Kentucky, probably your Kadarius Tony replacement if you really wanted to get into it. They snagged Joshua Zudu, who was an interior offensive lineman out of North Carolina. That was a 30 visit Bellinger. for the Cowboys. And then they, they did take Daniel Bellinger, who was a tight end target for the Cowboys. So overall, what are we thinking about the Giants draft just with those names off the board, Heckma? Well, I mean, I'm, uh, Thibodeau is a player that I think is going to be impactful. He... He raised hell. He's on a lot of people's draft board. He's the first guy yep. that should have been taken. Um, superior athlete. He is. He's quick. You talk about bend. All of, he has all of the intangibles. Will he work in that system with the new coaching staff? It's yet to be seen. But I do feel like he's a he's a player that we're going to have to deal with, man. And, and a lot of these guys and a lot of these different. Uh, for a lot of the NFC East teams, I don't want to have to deal with, but here we are. You know, the the tight end was the position was where I felt like they got tremendously better. The kid out of San Diego State is is Agreed. a dog. Bellinger. He really yeah. is, and and he is everything that the kid that they had uh, there before from Ole Miss wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's big. He can block. He can pass catcher. All of those things. So that's one of the picks that I've really paid more attention to. But I like him as an edge, and and Neil is such a big. Kid, I just remember looking at my television on Saturdays, going, "What is his mom's grocery bill like?" <laughs> you know, he's he's six eight, three hundred and seventeen pounds. I mean, how you know? the receipt is like out to here. It's amazing you know? yeah, how yeah, big yeah. he was. And you have something to compare it to. You have a high schooler now, or what's about to be a high schooler, who's going to play football, and he's eats not three seventy. But I'm just saying, eats through steel. That's what I'm saying. Compare that to Evan Neal. Oof. That's a big human being. And that so, I mean, they massive. got they really did get better. And I felt, I'm sure that they felt good about their draft, but the middle of the draft was probably kind of like I was like, who's that guy? What's that guy? Yeah. You know, but at the positions that they needed to get better at was definitely off- offensive line and edge rusher. I-, I feel confident in those picks. 
What did you think about it, Rob? Yeah, I totally agree. And and I'm I thought about when when Isaiah was with the Giants, like they've always when they've been really good, they've had great edge guys in the trenches, both sides, especially on the defensive side to get to the quarterback. So that's you know it's important. The Cowboys hit on the picks that they made, Um, and for Evan Neal, like that's you're trying to evaluate your quarterback position in New York, and one more year for Daniel Jones to get it done, and they'll see what they do from there. But that. That's been a problem for them for years is their offensive yeah. line protection. So that was a, I think that was a really solid pick for them. Welcome to the league, Tyler Smith, because you've not only got Kayvon Thibodeau as a guy maybe in the future if you swing out the tackle that you're going to have to face twice a year, but you've also got Federian Mathis, the interior defensive lineman that went to Washington yeah. twice a year at, while you're at guard. And then on the other side, oh, yeah, by the way, Jordan Davis goes oh. to Philadelphia. Oh. First-round pick. Philadelphia not only making one first-round pick, but they traded another one for A.J. Brown. So I can already see the face. Well, it was in our text group that night. There's a lot of frustration from all of us. I think we all love yeah. Jordan Davis as a, as, a, as a draft prospect. He's dead you, you to can't, you, You can't just mention him by himself anymore. Right. You, you can't. Understand that he just got drafted. He no longer can be just a, a, a solo. He can't be an individual. He is now attached to Fletcher Cox. He's the understudy. He is the the, the next man up. <laughs> but also side by side. Side by side. <laughs> yeah. Different gaps. Yeah. But they're gonna be side by side. Yeah. If Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox are walking down the sidewalk, you cross the street. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what happens. You get out of the way. Yeah. This is a mass of humanity. I, I sat down with with all with an all pro office alignment yesterday evening who used to play for the Dallas Cowboys, and I asked him, what is the game plan? What's the game plan? If you were playing today, if, what, what would be your game plan going against Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox? Did he say pray? He, he looked away. <laughs> he looked away. No, he couldn't even look you in the, he eye. Out the window. He's no, he's no punk now. He had about five, five, five Pro Bowls or something like that. He came back, you know, and was like, yeah, I mean, you could try to do this or you could try to do that. But I'm like, yeah, that's an attempt. This is a Pro Bowler. Multi pro bowler telling me that there's no good game plan against 700 pounds of grown man that's angry and that's athletic and fast and strong. Yeah. Oh, I, by the way, <laughs> sorry, I know we just finished talking about Nicobe Dean. <laughs> He's behind them. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. You know, so much for what people have said about Nicobe Dean. He, you know, what kind of linebacker is he going to be without, without Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis in front of him? And I, you know, my answer is. I guess we'll never know. In the words of Kanye West, <laughs> we'll never know what it means. I mean, these guys are – and imagine how he can run and what Jordan Davis is going to mean for him. Those That linebacking group, um, it, it really takes a lot of the pressure off of you when you have guys like that are, that are gobbling up blocks. And that's why Ridgeway is so important, and that's why you want Bohanna to turn the curve, to be that kind of guy up front, because you need those kinds of space eaters. That's what has – that's what Boo Philly has always had on us, man. They've always had us. How dangerous, and I, and I don't want to talk about Hall of Famers because everybody wants to make a clear comparison. I just want everybody to think about the freedom that Ray Lewis had as a player. Why did he have that freedom? Because he had mm, Tony Saragusa in front of him. Yep. When he didn't have Tony Saragusa in front of him, he made sure he had a Sam Adams in front of him. Yep. When he didn't have a Sam Adams in front of him, he made sure he had, he got, they got some young dude because they, they went without that for a minute. And he started getting beat up for a little bit. Yeah. And he was like, uh, screw this. I need a big boy in front of me. Oh, okay, we'll draft Haloti Nada. Yeah. 
It works. It's a, it's it really is a formula that works. You think in the draft room the Cowboys were just saw that pick and were like, oh, Tyler. Hey, doesn't matter. Tyler yeah. Smith. Who's the next pick? Be, he's got to be the pick. Huh? <laughs> no, Baltimore. Baltimore was the next pick, right? No, I'm talking about Dallas. Was like, all right, Smith, get in. I mean, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean yeah. it's to, you got to counter that with you know Tyler Smith, you, who's 300 plus pounds. Yeah, three, six four, three twenty five, and then you. So you feel pretty good about Tyron. Feel pretty good about Terrence Steele size wise. You feel pretty good about Zach Martin, and probably Tyler Smith at your left guard spot. I'm sorry, Tyler Biotish. I'm sorry. You have one That's of these guys on bad. each side of your eyeball. Each eyeball you have. Doesn't matter. A Fletcher Cox and a Jordan Davis. Yeah, because if I'm Jordan Davis, I'm the defensive uh, coordinator. I say line up right over Tyler Biotish. I'm talking ham. about nose to nose. I want to know what he had for lunch. Yeah, I want you to report back to me. That's how close I want you to him. It was and, a salad. Yeah, and, and he's going to know because he's going to be all up in his business. It's going to be tough. You know I mean, you got a you got a lot to deal with up front, and I think that's what, like you said, that's why at 24 they say, you know what? Get the big turn fella. This, hey, turn this pick in quickly. Get the big fella. <laughs> get it done. Get it done. Six foot four, two, three twenty-five. We need all of that. Not but. to mention uh, AJ Brown. Yeah, as part of their draft class, sort of. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. You're a jerk. Talking Eagles here. Talking Eagles. You are a jerk. They got better, man. They got better. That's why I said, what did we do to Tennessee for them to trade him? And then to almost try to trade up and take the guy that we wanted at 24 because they were on the phone. Philadelphia watched the Rams last year. Pure and simple. They watched. They're tired of it. They're tired of the conversation that we've been having. Let's plan for the future. Let's set our future up. Screw the future. Yeah. Screw the future. They, the future's they, now. They didn't even really do that, though. They, they had in a, a ton sense. of draft capital, and they've got two first-round picks next year. Absolutely, they They're did. Fine. But but they but in a sense, they said screw the future because they said we'll pay. We'll, you guys don't want to pay him twenty-five million dollars a year. We'll yeah. do it. We'll do it. You right know what? Happen, yeah. Absolutely. They're going to give Jalen Hurts every opportunity to succeed. Yeah. And if and it not, doesn't work out, we have like every you reason. said, you got more darts in the first round maybe to go get a quarterback. You got C.J. Stroud on the way. You got Bryce Young on the way. You got guys at quarterback next year that will be much heftier. Don't be surprised if they make a move. They're going to make another move. Yeah, they're going to they're make, gonna a, make another move. Yeah, because look, look at the ammo that you have. You have a ready-made team. And how much longer is Fletcher Cox going to play? Yeah, he's probably done after this. And they're probably going to trade Jalen Rager. Shooting your shot. They, I guarantee you, to Edmund's point, they are going to make another move that makes the freaking da na da na na They are going for it. They're going for it. This was the start of it. It's because they see that the division's in reach, and the Cowboys are the hunted now. Mm-hmm. They are the hunted. And we're going to talk about the rest of that offseason. <laughs> OTAs, a couple months yeah. away. And then we've got... Rookie mini camp next We didn't talk week. about the Manders. Yeah, oh, I mentioned Fedarius Mathis. Okay. Really, the Manders. Yeah, the That's Manders. what I'm going to call them, the Manders. Uh, they went and got Jahan Dotson as a wide receiver. Pretty good pick there, first round. Going to add some firepower to Terry McLaurin in that wide receiving core. But that was, I mean, Sam Howell in the late rounds, Brian Robinson Jr. They went almost all skilled to a certain extent. They added to that D-line with Mathis. That was the thing. That was the big, that was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. They so, love Alabama guys. Yes, they do. But really, I think the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles all had decent drafts. It, I mean, Philadelphia and New York had great drafts. Let's just say it that way. So things get interesting in the NFC East, and we've got an entire offseason to break it down for you here on Talking Cowboys. That's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next Tuesday. For Chris Beam, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you next week from the Star in Frisco.
This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!